Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Barbed Wire Bite. I'm here, as always, with your host, Pitbull number one, Gary Wolf. What's up, folks? What's happening? Everybody tired from uh, watching wrestling uh, Royal Rumble? <laughs> tired and bored. <laughs> I give AEW credit. I will. I give them a lot of credit. They don't, on their pay-per-views, they have finishes. You know, the first match... DQ and and just that just to me was a bad way to start it because I don't watch the shows like oh gee here my first match DQ you know it was, it was just a letdown yeah that was kind of and it was the first match you you would never I would never see a DQ in the first match you know you, you got to give them somebody to win and it was the heavyweight title match too why would they start with that that's another thing that I didn't like why would they start with that match. Well, then the, the Lesnar, the title match, the if fuck finish. You know, I mean, your two title matches, one's a DQ, one's a fuck. It, it's just stupid. Didn't make sense. I Like, another, another thing that didn't make sense was the girls' rumble. Why was uh, Charlotte Flair in there? I was, like, confused about that. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the first thing my wife was like. She's the champion. I was like, maybe if she wins, that means she gets the night off. I don't. Uh... I don't know. But she didn't get. I don't think she went over. No, Ronda threw her out. Which she once once she came back, you saw that. I don't know why they pushed that bitch. Oh yeah, as soon, yeah. As soon as I seen her come back, I was just like, okay. Well, they paid her all that money. They want to get some of that money back. You know, so they let her go home, have a baby, and you know she did that. You know who else looked pretty? Ooh, the Bella Bella girls. No talent. Why are they still? I mean, they got money, they got kids, they got husbands, but they still want to go on the road and work. Something's wrong with that man. You know what I mean? I mean, I I mean maybe Bree is like, what the fuck? My husband's still working, but that's what he does. And he's yeah. happy now. And he's happy now. And he's home a lot more. So shut up. I don't understand why uh, they looked awful. Just to say it. Nikki I James mean, looked terrible too. And then they come down like, like, oh, she's got the Impact Women's Champion. It's like, yeah, and she got thrown out. That who cares if she represented Impact? She didn't win. That's another thing. Maybe why? Why we even book her for that? I'm thinking because remember when she got let go and they mailed her her stuff in a trash bag and she posted it. I think this was kind of like their weird way. Oh, we're sorry. We'll give impact a plug. But the only way that works is if you go over. Maybe Vince owns impact. <laughs> Who knows? I think you know? if you and I, if you and I got a loan for $200, I think we could own impact. That's about what it's worth. And then I figure out later on, that's the girl that used to date my partner. Oh, Mickey? Yeah. You don't, people don't even know her, man. They think they know her. They have no clue what this girl is, is about and what she could do. She only cares about herself, bro. She would take paydays off my tape, off my, out of my pocket. Because she would convince my partner Oh, you would tell Gary stay home and I'll go and they'll put me on the show. And that's what she did a couple times, dude. I never knew it was her until two and two and my a couple of people put it together for me. But uh yeah. She's scumbag, man. Straight up. 
all them ladies like it's like because I, I always had a crush on ivory and it's like oh it's ivory oh she got thrown out oh it's Molly really? holly oh she got thrown out i back Ivory still looks good, and she's still in half-decent shape. Why did they put her in that fucking gimmick with the white shirt and shit? That didn't make any sense, because they would have been better off putting her in a gimmick, because she still looks good, you know? It was like they covered her up, and I know Vince is all about tits and ass. Uh, some of them damn girls that, that just came in for the night made the girls that are working there look like shit, some of them. Mm-hmm. That girl doing the superhero gimmick looks terrible. Why? I don't know why they did that to her either. And then they had her, what, beat up Molly Holly. It's like, why bring Molly Holly back? She ain't going to be on the yeah, show she one was day. Some superhero. That's how stupid their writers are, bro. It's like they can't come up with something original. No, our superhero now is going to be the superhero of the past. And then our douchebag now is going to be the douchebag of the, ta- of the past. It didn't make any sense to me, man. No, and it's it, a lot of that stuff can book itself. Why is fucking Matt Riddle come down on a, a fucking scooter? I get his gimmick is he's like a easygoing pot. He's got Rob Van Dam's old gimmick. Pretty much. Yeah. He's over. I mean, I'll give him that. But why have John not Johnny Knoxville did get a little pop out of me because I like jackass. Yeah. But at least let him throw out Sammy's. Let him do something. What was he in there for? 30 seconds? Yeah, I mean, Sammy Zane just re-signed his deal. They love him up there. So if I was Sammy, I would have I would have told Knoxville to throw me over the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who cares? You know, I'm making mad money. They redid my contract. And that's like I said. I mean, I look at some of these guys they're re-signing, and then I look at the guys they let go, and it's like, who's booking this? once Kofi fucked up that spot where you know he was supposed to catch the thing and make his big return like he does every year once he fucked that up that crowd died oh yeah quickly I mean they were up and hyped I mean honestly I think the biggest pop was uh, Brie Bella and they were popping yes yes for Brian Daniels yeah (laughs) I mean she got the best pop but it wasn't her pop it was her husband's pop Charlotte don't even look the same anymore. She's had so many surgeries. She looks like a different person. Me and my girl uh, have said that. We don't understand why. Because she was a very pretty girl. She And she looks like she's losing weight. Yeah, like she was really skinny. Dude, her trunks don't fit her. They're baggy. And, and like I said, we were looking at Becky. And I mean, I'm not someone that you know, to break people's balls about the way they look, but she just doesn't look like she got, took the time out and really trained hard. And you know what I mean? I mean, she was wrestling that girl, that dewdrop girl who looked better than she did. Yeah. I like dewdrop and she only she weighs 209 were... pounds. Okay. That's bullshit. <laughs> okay. That's bullshit. She's three something easily. Which there's nothing wrong with that because I look at her and I see Bam Bam Bigelow, I see Vader, I see uh, Yokozuna, people who have weight that could move. Like she moves like a fucking 120 pound girl. Oh, yeah, and she I mean, would bump for her too. Dude, she would bump crazy for uh, for that spot. I mean, honestly, between you and me, the match wasn't believable. They should have had her crush Becky. 
I mean, that one spot where she hits the ropes and does the backsplash, dude, that was all her. That was so stiff. She never even touched the mat. Never touched it. And uh, I guess, I don't know. I, I didn't believe it. They should have they had Becky lose. That's what I would have done. And then Monday night, they can always put it right back on her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to say, even like with the Rumble, like when someone wins, being they have that pay-per-view in between now, something happens and the guy doesn't get in and they have none of match, and then all of a sudden he's back in and it's it's predictable. You don't even have to watch it anymore. You can just know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I was just making sure, you know, they had a couple people that have won the, the, the Rumble in a row. And I was just like, I hope it's not like that again. You know what I'm saying? Paul Heyman's my age. I don't know how the fuck he looks so bad. He should look 10 times better than me. He's making money. He He's looks horrible. Good. He's eating good. You could definitely yeah. see that. That's uh, strange, bro. I wonder why he doesn't shave his head. I don't know either. Uh, Many times I said to myself, why are you doing the George Costanza? Just shave it off. Or grow a ponytail again. It worked for him, and he would wear the hat. I mean, it... Well, yeah, uh, when he had a hat on, you couldn't see his, his shiny, bald head. Yeah. But now it's just like, you know, he must wax that shit off pretty good before he goes out. Oh, it shines. It's shiny, bro. It's the glare sometimes blinds you. Uh, but he should just cut it off. I mean, you're holding on to some stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Because yeah. I remember an EC, I remember when he first started, he looked like a young Michael Keaton with that mullet in WCW and AWA. And in ECW, his hair, that's when he started losing it. But he wore that hat. He had that big, long mop of hair. And then... Well, we had the stages of payment. <laughs> you see it on fucking Facebook. The okay. hair goes back and the face gets bigger. He's starting out thick, full head of hair, and, and as he goes on, it's down to like he looks like the guy from Star Wars. What was that? that <laughs> the <laughs> you know that big blob with the, the head. Job of the hut. Job of the hut. He turned into job of the hut now. I don't like him anymore on cam. I don't like him on camera. Period. Like I liked him back in the day when I was a kid because. He was there with all those old fuckers, you know, Shivani and Ross. And all that. He was something fresh. But now, I mean, when they pay him just to go, my client, it's like. Yeah, but I'm sure he has a lot of. Uh, I'm sure he has a lot of power in the back. I would I'm, sure part, I'm sure he's part of the booking area as well as the talent. Knowing Paul, that's what he would do. So he get paid twice. <laughs> but I mean that's just me because uh, you do watch some of the angles and you can tell Paul Heyman put them together I mean I can but some I, like I said it was just horrible and and I know why they put the show on last night because they don't want to go against football now because they'll get crushed you know I did see again uh, McMahon is trying to sell the Disney you think that's going to happen I don't know they worked out some deal where Disney's going to Somewhere, like they're going to stream some of this shit, like in foreign countries. That tells me there's some merger going to happen. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah, it didn't make any sense. Some of the, uh, like some of the girls, it just didn't get over with me. Uh, 
but I was very surprised that some of the girls from the past looked just as good as some of the girls today. Lita looked great. Oh, yeah, she's still the same. She's a little out there. I met her a few times. She's a very sweet girl, but she, she's a little out there. Well, she broke her freaking back. I mean, she's lucky she's, you know, still working. I mean, that in itself. Did you problem. work with her in ECW? Because I know was, she was only there for a little while. She was there for she was there for a little bit, and she was uh, Danny Danny Doring and Chris Chetty's uh, ballet. Miss Congeniality. So I really didn't. Honestly, I I, hard, I think I hardly saw her. Maybe once or twice when I was there. I mean, she was there for what a couple months. Then she went right with the Hardy Boys. She didn't have much. Uh, much really to do in between she got picked up by vince right away yeah well vince at that point vince was pretty much owned ecw so he could pick whoever he wanted uh i think she came in a little bit after or well, around 96 maybe you know they started putting her with them guys toward that time 96 97 i don't think but it didn't last long I liked AWA's uh, Beach Break show, and I liked that my man Dan Housen showed up. Uh, the, <laughs> the MMA guy? No, the weird dude that paints his face. Remember when yeah, Adam Cole they, pulled the chair out? I think they signed that guy. Yeah, they did. They gave him, like, a big deal. He's funny. He's little, though. And I couldn't get over how small Adam Cole is next to Orange Cassidy. Adam Cole is tiny, sick. dude. He's so tiny. He's his Bro, his girlfriend makes him look tiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has no shape anymore at all. He's just a skinny guy. Orange looked ripped next to him. I think Orange and a lot of the other guys are starting to go in the gym and work out. I mean, I know for a fact uh, Joey Janela has been working out like a motherfucker. Yeah, he looked good on the GCW show in Hammerstein. He had not ripped by any means, but yeah, he was a good 10, 15 pounds different. You could tell he's working out. Put it that way. You know what I mean? And but still, some, some of the guys just refuse. Even MGF looks like he's getting in shape. Yeah. Next, and yeah. Wardlow's just a monster. That guy looks good. He always looks good. But I would think he would start looking better and bigger. But he's not. He's the same. You know what I mean? He's, he's still in shape. He's one of the biggest guys there. One of them next to uh, Billy Gunn. Billy's huge. Yeah, I met him in person. He looked fantastic. Shredded, shredded, man. Shredded. But like I said, his sons are younger than him, and he looks better than they do. <laughs> I don't like how everybody in AEW spray tans. They look fucking orange with lipstick. Just go in the fucking tanning booth or in the sun. Yeah, I mean, I live in Florida, and I still go to the tanning bed. I don't have time sometimes. I mean, if I do work out outside, I'll get some color outside. Other than that, I don't have time to lay out and shit like that. You know, that's the truth. So a lot of them guys, you can tell they're spray painted. They look fucking orange. I don't, or they're taking zinc, too much zinc before you go in the ring. I mean, I used to do that and make you red. It makes you because it makes your skin red. It make it would make us look tanner. I mean, that's why we that's why we took it. So. I did like that Orange went over. No, it's not hot. I like stuff. that he beat Cole. Yeah, like we don't, I don't like hot stuff. I would hate. Ooh, like if I make sure if I'm working somebody nowadays, like you ain't wearing no hot stuff in the ring with me, bro. It ain't happening. No, it stains. It burns, it stains, and 
I mean, I used to, I used to have it. I'd wear it once in a blue moon. And then if I was getting in the ring with some people that I knew I was going to have a problem with, I'd have it sitting right here in my corner of my arm where I could just stick my finger in it and put it right in their fucking eye. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I play derby. I'm not going to play your fair. In the, in the summer, I'm outside. In the winter, usually I'll hit a bed. I haven't hit one in a while. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you can tell the difference between someone who's tan and someone who paints themselves. It looks terrible. And they don't realize, you know, when you're sweating, it's going to run. You know, they don't think that. MJF I mean, looks awful. Who's? MJF. He's got a horrible spray tan. Then he wears the lipstick to try to make his lips look a little bit different. They do a zoom in on him. He looks awful, but kind of surprised he's fighting punk this week i figured they'd save that for a pay-per-view that's a money match why that's a see they're making the mistake the vince mcmahon mistake he never he didn't make it back in the 80s and you know and shit like that but come when he took over everything that's when he started giving people you know pay-per-view matches for free on television you wonder why they have to go on peacock or or another streaming service just just so they could make money on the pay-per-view. And to me, I think they used to make more money back in the day than they do now. When AEW only runs four pay-per-views a year, they got three, four months in between to build up big stories, but they don't. They just kind of throw it together now. The last like couple weeks, they assign, they make the, they haven't even announced a match yet. And they got a pay-per-view in March. I thought it was going to be uh, Adam Page and... Um, Lance Archer, but no, they're fighting in two weeks on TV in the Texas death match. Put that on the pay-per-view. It'd be a good main event. Yeah, that's strange. Ticket sales must be low. That could be the problem. That could be the problem. Uh, I did an interview with uh, a guy from XPW this past week. And he was like, yeah, I remember back in the day, man, when uh, you were in California, it was the 90s, of course. And, uh, you know, we were, we were trying to get ready for television. And I remember you actually stood up and told everybody, look, this place ain't full. It ain't sold out. So we moved everybody to one side. At the hard camera, nobody's there. But I said, I was, he told, the guy told me, you told everybody to work that fucking hard camera and act as if, yeah, that side's packed as well. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I was like, damn, I don't even remember that, man. But that was when I was working for Rob Black, a couple of shows in California, which was a trip. He's getting ready to do another uh, King of the Death match thing, I think, here in a few months. Is he? I'm wondering how much. I, I heard he lost. I'm, I'm sure he lost his ass on that last show. It was not a good show. I mean, that building was not full. And, and and once again, here at the end, it, it, Rob Black has to come in as the bad referee, do a fuck finish. It's like, stay off fucking camera. If I was a promoter, you wouldn't even know my fucking name. You wouldn't even see me. I personally agree with you. I, I it, Like, if I got a job working for Vince or AEW, I would want a job in the back as a producer, helping, you know, the new talent. I wouldn't want to go out there unless they said, look, you know, Gary needs you to put this guy over. I need you to put this guy over to build him up. I have no problem doing that. It would be fun. 
You have to put over hook. No problem. No problem. I'd stretch them a little bit first just for fun, but I'd put them over with no problem. No problem. I'd be happy to. Now, I don't know if – now, would Taz put his own son over? That's a question. I don't think he would. <laughs> you don't want to put nobody over, but will he put his kid over? That's the question. See, it's like here – I mean, because we have a couple locals just like everybody else, low-rent locals, I got to say. But the owner is also the booker who's also the champion. So, you know, to the, the marks that go there, they they don't that's, – that's what locals attract. They attract the marks that – for their $10, but – yeah, this guy. I mean, when I when I read that, it's like, let's see, the owner is the booker and now he's the champion. Why do I want to go see this? This is fucking stupid. Air, shut the air off. I'm having technical difficulties in the <laughs> production studio here. <laughs> so you finally watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, I did watch that. <laughs> Which one did you guys watch? The one you told us to watch. Oh, hundred dollar baby. Yeah. What'd you think? It was funny. We laughed. It was a little goofy, but it's just – I can't believe him, guys. Better. How many seasons have they been on? They just finished 15. I know. <laughs> we can't wait for the new South Park to come on. A couple more weeks. No, it's actually this week. Is I thought it was in February. Oh, this is February this week. Dude. <laughs> Somebody has a fucking Royal Rumble hangover. Yeah, well, now that I work from home, it's like the days don't, they don't switch. I just you don't know what day it is, right? No, I don't, truthfully. Bro, man, I remember one time I was outside one day, and I'm like, I'm thinking it's Saturday. It was fucking like a Tuesday or a Monday. I was like, what? Like, man, I'm messed up. That's when we were doing the uh, COVID lockdown. You just missed track of days, man. It was that bad. And I was downstairs yesterday and my wife's home, you know, on the weekends. I'm like, God damn, why is everybody home? What the, I like it better when it's quiet, you know, because when they, when he goes to school and she goes to work and I just basically go down steps and turn things on, turn on the TV, it's like, fuck, I the house to myself. But they're all hating you because you're working home, right? Yeah. She, my <laughs> wife has openly admitted she would not work from home. She does not want to ever work from home. She likes going into her office. I don't get it. I don't understand that, man. If I could just stay home and work, I would do that. I don't know why you'd want to go to an office building, deal with other people. Uh, some are, you know, psychos. <laughs> you know, yep. then you've got, uh, shit, what else? Who's ever going to work sick who don't care, you know, because they need the money. They don't want to call out. It's like, uh, it's like parents when they send their kids to school. Like back in the day, I mean, parents, they didn't, like, you get up and say, I don't feel good. I don't want to, I don't want to go to school. My parents were like, screw you. You're getting dressed. And you're going to fucking school. Yep. And even though I was faking it because I didn't want to go to school. But then again, you got kids that are sick and the parents don't care. They're going to send them to school sick. That's why I, I, I call schools like a pastry dish. Because every, you know, the, the parents will send kids in there sick, and it's going to get everybody sick. And yeah, then my kid always up. caught something, always. Oh, yeah. And then they come home and they give everybody else in the house sick. So that always happens. At least now, like they have to wear masks in school. My son's vaccinated booster, but with the mask, doesn't even catch a cold. But every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, 
oh, I'm sick to my stomach. I can't. And then so, you know, call him in. Mom leaves. Like, look, this is a pandemic. There ain't nothing fucking wrong with you, is there? <laughs> well, then why it's don't like, you give me a heads up and tell me first? <laughs> I think the kids of the, the ne- this next generation of kids, like they, they, they lost the excuse of calling out of school. It's, you can't yeah. do it no more. <laughs> we ruined it for you. <laughs> well, now if you call your kid in for what's wrong with him, what are his symptoms, you know, because they worry about the COVID. But when was the last time he was in school? Was yeah. He was in school. Uh, <sighs> Every day there's an email, a student or they didn't say a student. It says an individual. So you don't know if it's a teacher or student has tested positive. Anyone who was in direct contact has received communication. We can't tell you more. But I remember it's like two students, three students. 14 students and then it was like shit then it was like three two now it's back to just like maybe one or two a day but that's like uh look at sarah palin she tested positive and then the crackhead that she is goes out and eats a meal with a bunch of people and she's sick tested positive don't give a fuck don't give a shit she's hot as fuck though yeah i mean i think she's how old is she She's in her 50, upper 50s, I think. She looks good. She has a young kid that she goes out with, right? Some young hey, little young buck. I go out with her. I fuck. So she's crazy. Big deal. Yeah, no, I mean, she looks like she could be fun because she likes to go hunting and dirt bike. Everything in Alaska, I guess you do. She does. Her daughter's a little whacked out, but. She's I. Did you ever see the porno with the lady that looks just like her that makes porno called Nailin Palin? <laughs> Nailin Palin. She a dead ringer. You'd swear it's her twin. No way. Well, she probably loves that. Oh, I watched it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> probably watched it with herself. <laughs> That's hey, more power to you. No, that chick was hot. I think Sarah Palin's hot. I think she's insane, but she's hot. Yeah, it was like when uh, what was that guy's name? He was running for president. He was a senator. Yeah, Dick Cheney when he was alive. He didn't he pick her to, as his running mate, and that ruined it for him. Yeah, somebody was somebody picked her. Remember, they were like ahead in the polls, and then they picked her, and they plummeted because he was. It was it was uh, the Cheney. I think it was the Cheney. I think he passed away. It's a shame. Everybody figured this old fucker, he's going to die and this lunatic will be in there. That's what I think they were afraid of. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Because she was acting crazy back then. I think she is legitimately I mean, yeah, she don't have no control over her kids. I mean, she's pretty much out of it, I think. So. I always thought Dixie Carter was fucking hot, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised when she, like, she's not doing anything in the business anymore. I mean, her family probably like ripped her a new ass after what she did in TNA over there. But now, did she lose the money because she's an idiot, or because she had Russo and Hogan and Bisha, or did she just listen to bad people? I think people were trying to take advantage of her and get her cash. You know what I mean? That, that's come on. I mean, most of the guys that were working there didn't even wrestle. They would just come out and talk smack and walk back, and probably getting paid more than anybody. And everybody, yeah. you know, and then I heard you banged half the locker room too. So, you know, most of the guys didn't have any respect for her, but I remember Douglas didn't like her because he always said he was, he would pitch her all these ideas 
And she would just be like, yeah, he's like, so she was listening to idiots. It was like, that might be true. But every idea that he seems to have pitched her was just, this is what I did for Paul Heyman. Now, if I do it here, it's like, we've already seen that. Yeah. Uh, he tried to do that a lot in uh, WCW, I think, also. And uh, they didn't really bite on it, you know. It's like, what's Dreamer, that House of Hardcore? I don't, I don't care. Know, it's it. been a while since he's ran a show. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing. You know, it's been there, done that. I've seen it. It's like what they're doing in Philly now, uh, the battleground. You know, it's like, you know, we're going back March already. March 26th, they're doing another show. You know, and then some of these matches, dude, uh, like Bubba Ray Dudley versus Jerry the King Lawler. I mean, come on, man. I wouldn't pay to see that. What I can't figure is Devon's got a nice producing gig in WWE. Well, like, what's Bubba do? Hindu shit. Oh, he's on some satellite radio show. Dude, Devon is here, and Vince McMahon is here. He's right there, walking with Vince. Going over ideas with Vince. And, you know, he was like talking to me and Shane about it because he just had to get his heart. He had to get surgery on his heart. So thank God he had that position because he had the insurance to pay for that. Or he would have had to take $50,000, $60,000 out of his own money to pay for it, which is ridiculous. Uh, but I talked to him for a while and He's ha- very happy where he's at. I don't think him and Devon get along. Him and uh, Bubba even talk anymore, to be honest with you. I'm not even sure. But he was just talking. And I pretty much said, you know, the way I look at Vince McMahon is make him think he came up with the idea. And he'll love it. But if he knows you came up with the idea, he's not going to like it. And that's how he's always been. I mean, I... I I remember the taker mentioned something to him about bringing us in the pit bulls and we were going to be his mad dogs of war, like from hell. You know what I'm saying? He was going to pull some gimmick and we were down with it, of course. And uh, then shot it down immediately, of course, you know? So do you think, and this is what I've always thought, like when Russo was in fear, when they were the writers during the attitude, did Vince really, Vince Russo really have good ideas or did he have 10 ideas gave him to Vince, and Vince picked one and changed it the way he wanted it. Some of the ideas were horrible. Like one, the one route that he came up with was the boxing gimmick. Uh, brawl for that was awful. It was horrible. It, it, it hurt the company because it took guys out of their comfort zone where they're going to be wrestling. I mean, they were going to push Dr. Death to, to the title. I mean, that's what they had planned. And they put him in that stupid thing. And what happened? He blew his knee. He got hurt. I mean, everybody that was in it, practically everybody that was in it, except the one who won it, which was one of the... Bart uh, Gunn. Bart Gunn. Everybody got hurt. Everybody got hurt. And then they just had Butterbean knock him out at WrestleMania. That that had to have been a punishment for winning. Yeah, because he wasn't supposed to win. They didn't no. want him to win. They, they, honestly, God, they thought JBL was going to win the whole thing because he's just a tough guy with his voice 
and the way he acts, they figure, oh, he'll, he'll fucking kill everybody. Nope, because he can't fight. I don't care how tough you talk. If you can't fight, what difference does it make? You know, and that's what the, that's how they found out that JBL wasn't as much as they thought he was, as tough as he was. He got knocked the fuck out. Do you, believe Joey, do you believe Joey Styles knocked him out? I don't believe that story for some reason. Joey Styles? Yeah, they said Bradshaw was in his face and Joey just punched him and knocked him out. I, Unless Bradshaw's got a glass jaw as fuck. Yeah, if he Joey's has a not glass, a big guy. I mean, he was picking on the blue meanie the one time. We were we were at the one night stand and he actually he walked across the ring and punched me in the face. Bloodied him up bad. I'm like, dude, look at him. Why? He, to me, that makes you look like a jerk off. It doesn't make me look at you as a tough guy. You know what I mean? So it's like some of these guys just don't want to put their boots up and retire, man. It's over. It's done. You know, the next generation's coming, you know. Like they all, all the older guys used to always tell me and my partner, you came in 10 years too late. If you would have came in 10 years earlier, you motherfuckers would have been the the, the guys always heard it, but can't do nothing about it. You know, it's like I like Jericho, but he didn't need to go over MJF. Jericho's on his way out. You know, he's become a booker, stay out, or a commentator. He's a good commentator. Great, commentator. he's a great commentator. Taz was uh, smart. He got that commentating gig. He never went back in the ring. No, because Vince was going to let him go anyway. MTV. When they were doing the uh, MTV stuff, Tough Enough and stuff like that, they loved Taz. MTV are the ones who like Taz. I mean, they told Vince, nah, I don't want you getting rid of him. I want him to stay as a commentator. So, and he and was good at it. He was good at it. So I like it. You know, it, you can tell when he commentates his kid how he just pushes his kid more than anything and everything. So I want to see him. I want to see him wrestle with the kid. Put him over. I'd like to see him put him over. Taz is... Come on, Taz. Put your kid over, man. If I do it, you should be able to do it. But I don't think he can fit in a singlet now, to be honest. And his kid <laughs> is not the second coming of Christ. I mean, like, I like the kid, but they just make him out to be, like, this the best guy on the planet. He's not the next Hulk Hogan. Come on. He's not that guy. He'll, he'll be a good worker if he once he learns how to you know, call sell. sell. He hasn't sold. I haven't seen him sell at all. He doesn't sell shit. He don't sell nothing. And that's his dad. So same with Taz. He never sold. He, he hated to sell. God, I would bump for that's people part, like I would believe. I'd fly for somebody. That's part of our culture and, and in our business is selling is the one of the biggest parts of our business is selling a punch, selling a move. You know, when people don't sell your stuff, that's when you look like shit. You know, that means they're not doing their job. That's why I hated Bret Hart. Well, I met him and that's why I hated him. But he would do interviews back. I I hated hated working with the honky-tonk man. He was too soft. He wasn't stiff enough. And it was like, well, you worked with Goldberg. Goldberg was stiff and he ended your career. Who you want to work a program with? The honky-tonk man or Goldberg? I picked the honky-tonk. I picked the guy that never hurt me. Over the guy that concussed me and gave me a stroke. Here, I'll, I'll tell you what. Here's my experience with the Heart Foundation. It was me and Anthony versus the Heart Foundation. 
real quick, you know, what, five minute, four minute match. You know, yeah, we're going to try to learn something here. Bret Hart just looked at Anthony and said, listen, he's going to slam you or I'll slam you, whatever. Do not get up because I'm coming down with that elbow. You know, that's pretty much what they said. And Anvil was pretty, was a lot nicer than Brett, I'll be honest with you. Brett reminded me of uh, Dynamite. He had that cocky, he was very cocky. But Dynamite was cool to me, so I'm, I can't say nothing. But I remember we, we were doing the match, and I remember in my head, Brett telling Anthony, don't start coming up. And starts coming up. He didn't fucking lay there for the elbow. So when he came down with the elbow, Brett, he fucking stepped him, hot potato the shit out of him. You know what I mean? But we're not going to, we're not saying that because even though, like the people who are watching the match didn't have any idea that that happened or didn't know that was going on in that match. If anything, people liked the match because Gorilla Monsoon loved it. Even though we did the job, he just liked our look and he was thinking about bringing it. That's how, that's how, Gorilla was the one that hit up Vince while they were doing commentary and said, you know, look, man, look at them two. Why don't we bring those two in eventually? So we did a couple more shows for them. And then before you know it, uh, within a month or two, uh, Larry Sharp got the call and Vince told us to go to North Carolina to work for South Atlantic. And that was our experience because we were working six nights a week. So... It was okay, you know. We weren't making that much money, but we were. We, the experience was. I couldn't ask for anything better than that. To get ready to go work for the big guys. How was Gorilla? Was he a nice guy? Awesome. So nice, bro. And he's a Jersey guy, and he was a hell of a worker. He was so big, you know. He was just a big man, but the nice, sweetest guy. Very, very nice. I mean, I felt really sorry when his when his son passed away. I mean, that was just a fucking freak accident. I think it was a car accident or something. And that crushed him. I mean, that that killed him. He was never, really never the same after that. But he went too soon, I think. I, I wish he would have lived a little longer. I believe Gorilla was a doctor when I was a kid. Right in the lower exuberance of the patella. He got him right in the, you know, like the patella was every part of the body. It was like right in the back of the medulla oblongata. I'm thinking this guy's fucking medical professional and shit, you know. And he he might have years knew, later, wrong. He came up with these words, man, that he would write down, I guess, and keep as notes. So when he did commentary, they just came out like he was very, very intelligent. Like people don't get... Uh, they look at uh, George the Animal Steel and they're like, man, fat, hairy guy, probably, a, probably sits on the couch and drinks beer all day. Have They have no idea the guy's a college fucking professor and a fucking genius when it comes to education. No, they don't know that. It's just because he's doing his character. You know, that's why... When I always say, and the, and the older guys used to talk, talk to me about this, you got your wrestlers and you got your gimmicks. The gimmicks are the guys that just have a good gimmick and can't wrestle worth shit. Then you got the guys that can work their asses off with their gimmicks. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's the two categories I look at. You know, you got your cat, you got your one guy that can't wrestle. He's horrible, but his gimmick is fantastic. 
You know what I mean? And then you got guys that can wrestle their asses off and they end up getting a bad gimmick. And that ruins their career. You know what I mean? Because they didn't pick the right one or Vince gave them something they didn't like. Or I've seen so many gimmicks that looked horrible. I didn't like them. You know, the one was a hockey player and he's in the goon. The goon. Uh, another one was Mantor. Hey, he doesn't live too far from me. He's a fucking asshole. Mike. I, oh, yeah. He's a fucking prick. He's lived with my partner for a while because he was in Germany with my partner. He used to train at the same gym I did. Yeah, he don't pay his... Uh, he likes to gamble, but he don't like paying his debt. I don't know. He's a, I guess he used to go to the gym that I was at, uh, that I used to work out at. And uh, if he was a big fat guy, but I was solid fat, I can't say, but... Uh, I remember people used to always be like, hey, it's Mantar or whatever. And he'd yeah, he kiss my ass. I don't care how fat or big he is. He's a pussy. And uh, he's just lucky I don't make a couple of phone calls when I know he's in the city because he'll never leave. He's just very, <laughs> very, very lucky. I mean, he don't owe me the money. If he owed me the money, you would already be like reading his obituary, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But uh, he owes people that I know money. And uh, he, he, like I said, he, he loved sitting there with his hand out, you know, when he would win his bets to collect his money. But when it's time to pay, you know, he was a friend of mine, like 10 G's, 10 G's, bro. He'd be getting that money. That's why you'd be very, very careful where you go. <laughs> I don't think he wrestles anymore. At least I've never seen his name on he anything. Re- Dude, he couldn't wrestle anyway. No, nah, he's horrible. Can't. He was a big guy. Had that, uh, that was, they had all them dumb gimmicks. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Balls Mahoney like an evil Santa Claus for a couple weeks? And just well, really he, I think he was the original Santa Claus that came out that they slammed and they choke slammed, whatever, which they copied off ECW. Uh, yeah, I think Balls told me he was him. He was the Santa Claus. He told it was me like Xanta. It was spelled with like an X or something. Like, I don't know. Balls was okay. Like he, Balls could work his could, ass. Off. I was about to say he could really for, and he was an out of he was out of shape as fuck. But yeah, he could. No, he work. was out of shape, but he was in wrestling shape. People don't understand. There's two different things, you know. For work, he was he could. Balls, I tug up with Balls in Japan in FMW when it was ECW taking over to FMW, and they put us together because my partner had passed. But regardless, uh. Balls could work his ass off. I never, like, Balls, uh, there's another guy, uh, Cronus from the Eliminator. Oh, the, yeah. I went to Puerto Rico and tug up with him. He could work his ass off. There's so many guys that could work their butts off, man. Like, like you don't think, just because Balls has problems doesn't mean he, he can work, man. I, I mean, that's one thing I noticed with an ECW. You know, Paul never had to, like, second-guess Balls. Like he knew he was going to go in there and, and give it 110%. And that's what he would always do. I mean, Balls, Balls was actually, it was a night off working with him, except for that chair shot, because he would bend that chair right around your head. And there was no way you could stop it. You know? I felt terrible for him when he went to WWE and he got fucked by Axel, who, who I, I've made it well known I don't like Axel Rotten. But 
I mean, when Axel fucked him over and they were going to get the belts, he would have had his insurance. He could have got his teeth fixed. Everything. everything dude, he had every, I talked to him, man. He had everything set up. He had his appointment made. Everything was set up to get his teeth fixed, get everything fixed. And wouldn't you know it, I couldn't believe what happened. Balls couldn't, I mean, Axel couldn't stay off the drugs or just, just be. Couldn't even, he didn't even show up to that one city. He was driving a fucking cab. Just be discreet, you know? And I mean, when I ran into to Axel before he passed, I was at, I was in Philadelphia. We were doing a show in Philly and he already had a, uh, his, his mouth was already like that. So I think he had a stroke or something. And I'm like, what the, f-? he's like, and he's like, yo, man, look how right, right? And I'm looking at him. I'm like, you're not, you're just, you're ribbing me, right? You're not waiting for me for, for me to say you look fucking great. He didn't look good. And I even told, I said, dude, you look like fucking shit. What are you even doing here? And he got hammered that night. And I think that night he got into a major car accident, driving from Philly back to Baltimore, which I heard about that later. And I was just like, oh, my God. Because he lived but in an he, assistant living home for quite some time after that accident. And he got clean there. I mean, you can't do drugs there. Nobody's going to give you any. But what, what he, he got out about a week later, he OD'd in the bathroom in a McDonald's. No, when, when, he was in, when he was in that facility, people would go and visit him and bring him drugs. See, that's terrible. Okay, so he could, he, he could thank his friends for that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just don't do that. You know, you're trying to get better. Why the hell would they bring? That's like when Larry Short was in, when he was in his assistant living place, you know, he was bad with, with the booze. You know, he had to get off the liquor. He got back on it when he got older again, which didn't help him at all. But people, I know people who would go visit him and bring him vodka and all kinds of shit. You just don't do that. You don't do that, bro. You know, they're not your friends. They're trying to kill you, man. It, it just makes me sick sometimes. And I remember with Axel for a while, because when he first started, I, I hate to throw stones because I'm not in great shape. But he was a fat lump of shit. Then he started to get in better shape. Like he, you could tell he probably lost about 60, 70 pounds. He was starting to get some muscles. I think by his own accord, he was shooting up roids. And anything he could to get in better shape. And then he would just went back to... But he always said Paul Heyman wouldn't push him. He look was at always, always blaming Paul. No, look at all the opportunities he had. I mean, come on. He worked for WCW at one point as an English guy. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. accent, and they were pushing him, and they were using him. So I don't, want to hear, I don't want to hear he didn't have the chance. He had See, the difference, but he, like, it's a shame because you got guys out there that, that never even got a chance that are fucking unbelievable workers. Then you got guys that like him who get all these chances in the world and he don't care. He's just snorting it up his nose or shooting it in his veins and he care less. When you got other guys that they're trying to behave themselves, they're trying to do good, they're trying to do things right so they can get a job and do things right. But the work, I don't care who you are, you could be the best wrestler in the world. That doesn't mean Vince McMahon's going to hire you. If you ain't dependable, no one's going to push you. No, no. I, I have friends today, I'm not mentioning names, but they still 
they get booked for a show and they no show. I have never, never no showed my whole life. I have never had a show. Nobody can ever say that I no showed, that somebody paid me or gave me a deposit and I never came. You know, nobody could say that because I've never done that. I want to bring up another topic. I'm sure you've heard of. What was Bully Ray saying about John Moxley, where he has to apologize for going to rehab? Because he left, you know, in the middle of a program, in the middle of that tournament, and he went to drug rehab, and Bully Ray said he should have went out and publicly apologized to everyone for leaving them and going into rehab and abandoning them for months on television. It didn't even make sense. I mean... I mean, they didn't even they, have to say he went they, to rehab. They that was him. the case every day, or at least every week, you'd have one WWF person saying, sorry, you won't be seeing me for four weeks. I'm going into rehab. I think to me that was Bully Ray trying to stay relevant. It's just stupid. Moxley don't have to say nothing to nobody. It's his business. They could have just done it simply. Eddie Kingston lays him out with barbed wire and a chair. And he's hurt. You know, he was just transparent about it. At least he was honest about it. Like, yeah, he could have said, oh, he's injured. He's home injured. He's, he's taking care of an injury. Instead, he's in rehab. They told, at least they were honest and told everybody the truth. Okay, he has a drink. We all know he drank a lot. He always drank a lot. He's always been drinking. Oh, by his own admittance, he was always. I'm, look always. How he looked too when he came back. I mean, he looked, he looked, he looked good. good. He looked good because he's clean. That's like. One of my friends that did, did, did rehab, he, he came out, looked fantastic. He looked at me and said, I don't know. I don't, know if, I don't feel any different. That's what he told me. I don't feel any different. I said, well, what would you expect? He goes, I expected to feel different. You know, these are guys that were already in rehab back in the day when we were in ECW that have to go back now, you know, and they don't realize it, you know, but it's just, just like every other thing, man. Don't expect a miracle. I mean, if it's going to help you stop drinking and if it's going to help you stop doing what you're doing to save your life, then it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, or why go to rehab? Just do DDP yoga. It saved Jake the Snake. <laughs> I always laugh. Well, I, I have to laugh at that a little bit. <laughs> listen, I've been in locker rooms with Jake. I've been in locker rooms where I had to work Jake. Where me and my partner had to wrestle him and another guy. He couldn't make it to the ring. You know what I mean? If we didn't go out and get something to give to him, he wasn't going to the ring. And then I wasn't, shit, I wasn't going to get paid then. So what am I supposed to do? It's not like I'm sitting there saying to him, keep doing it, keep doing it. I'm telling him, you need help, bro. You're fucking up. You know, then, shit, the last time I seen Jake, I was in New York doing a uh, convention, and he looked fantastic. Yeah, he looks good now. And I used to break his balls. I mean, I broke his balls one time I was in Baltimore. I even broke his balls. You know, I went up to him acting like I was pissed off, and I was like, you owe me money, motherfucker. You know, he was looking at me like, huh? What? And I, then I felt bad because I was just like, Man, why did we, you know what I mean? I'm just fucking with him. But then I felt bad about it. So I seen him later on, like I said, I actually went up to him. We were actually eating breakfast in the dining, at the, end, at the bottom of the hotel. They had a big dining room. 
And we were eating breakfast. I remember I walked up to him and said, yo, what's up, Jake? I said, I just wanted to tell you you look fucking great. I said, I want to congratulate you. I'm happy that you're better and you look fucking fantastic. I said, so I did say that to him. You know what I mean? Because I did feel kind of bad when I seen him in Baltimore that time. He was still fucked up. And I, I kind of was like taking advantage of the situation, even though he does owe me money, but I'm, I don't give a fuck about it. You know what I mean? I don't care about money. It's, it's, it's a couple of dollars. Ain't no big deal. But I thought I was being funny. And then later on, I was thinking about it and said, you know what? I was kind of a dick. So next time I see him, I'm going to go out of my way. And I did. I stopped eating, got up. It was the last, it was right before the pandemic. I was on my last gig, my last booking before we got shut down. I was in New York. And that's when I see him. And I did go up to him, like I said, and I, you know, I really put him over. I said, you look fucking awesome, bro. You know what I mean? I just wanted him to, I try to make him feel good. You know what I'm saying? So, so I did do that. I remember when Cornette, because I liked Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I, I, yeah. I liked it. It was, you know, it was his version of USWA, but I remember Jake was the champ. And then all at once on TV, they just said, the dirty white boy won the belt last week from Jake the Snake, you know, and, and I think it came about out, Cornette was like, didn't show up. And there we got the show the next night, didn't show up. I'd call him, I'd call him, I'd call him. Finally, I'd get a message from him randomly. Oh, I'll be there tomorrow. I was like, wasn't there. He's like, so I just decided to match that never happened. Well, and he's like, people at home didn't know they're, oh, white boy beat Jake. Knew he could do it. But yeah, that's why Cornette quit booking him. He's like, he wasn't showing up. Yeah, no, he showed up. He just wasn't in condition to do anything that's like mickey james that's another person that i i know we talked about earlier not a nice person you could sit there and say oh she's the sweetest girl you don't know her dude i knew her when she just broke in the business she was just starting she actually went to canada to do a couple shoot fights my partner had to throw a white towel in to save her ass because she was getting her ass beat so bad so I don't want to hear shit. If that chick thinks she's she's the shit, I have plenty of girls that would kick her fucking ass, man. I just don't. I'm just over that chick, man. I didn't know. I had a feeling it was her the whole time. I just didn't put two and two together, you know. She was banging my partner to get bookings. She knew the pit bulls were getting booked every fucking weekend. Of course she's going to go out. I didn't want to have nothing to do with her. So she ran right to my partner, and that's what she does. And in her, my partner's ear, she's whispering, you know, hey, man, we're going to New York next weekend. Let's try to tell them Gary ain't working no more, and I can get booked. I can get booked. That's what she would do, bro. That's fucking bullshit, man. Everybody don't really know that about her. I do. Well, her claim to fame was doing an angle where she was in love with Trish Stratus and stalking her. I mean, if that ain't, if that's your claim to fame for an angle, that's that's pretty pretty weak to base something on. I just don't have respect for her because she tries to cut people's throat to get where she is. That's what she does. She's a, a, a fucking neck cutter, man. <laughs> that's what she is. You know what I mean? Let me pull my balls out of her mouth. So then you could listen to what she says. And what she says is she, she this and I'm that. And I've been in the business for all these years. Let's talk about how many people's throat you cut, how many people you stabbed in the back to get where you are today. 
Because that's the kind of person she is. How long, Absolutely. How long has it been since you've seen Beulah? Oh, it's been a while. Uh, you well, know, because Francine looks good. She still looks really good. I've never seen Beulah. When they rode her off, where she, the Dudleys broke her neck or whatever, and she married Dreamer, had kids and all, I have never seen her. She stayed off camera. I just... She used to be yeah. gorgeous. I just wonder what she looks like now. I don't know. I mean, last time I talked to Tommy, Tommy was like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm like, how's it going? How's the kids? How's the family? You know, he's like, oh, I'm having my problems here and there. He's got girls, you know, that's a tough job. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I've been on the road 12 days. You know, I go, you don't go home? He's like, nah, my wife don't want me home. <laughs> he's like, she hates my guts. So... But yeah, Francine looks pretty good. She's actually in Florida right now at Disney World. She must save. I don't know how she does it. She goes to Disney World with her kids every year. It's got to be like $10,000, $15,000 for two weeks. So she works her ass off, I think, just to get her kids down to Disney World. So. And her husband doesn't have anything to do with the business, does he? No. Well, no. No. Don't think so. You know, uh, there's some things that are that I'm going to give you an example of things that have bothered me. Like you got some guys and girls out there that say, Oh, I have an agent. You got to contact my agent. I don't like that. And, I hate like, it. If I call you up and I'm a friend of yours and I say, look, you got an opportunity to go to California and make a thousand bucks, seven fifty. Why do I need to talk to your fucking agent? Can't you just say, yeah, I want to do it. Fuck. Yeah, man. I, you're not, I did it with new Jack. I called new Jack up. I said, what's up, brother? He's like, what's up? That's how close we are. We're friends. We're tight. I said, brother, you want to go to fucking uh, California with me, man? Let's go. We're, we're doing the New York this coming weekend. I got a guy that wants to take us to California. Easy money. He'll buy your plane ticket. Everything. Oh, well, I need my cash. I need some uh, down payment. I said, but you don't work that way, bro. But he's going to buy your fucking plane ticket. That's a $400 ticket to go to California. I think you're pretty much on if you got your ticket. So Jack sat back, even though he doesn't do this, he trusted me and said, you know what, Jack, I'll fucking do it. You know, so we went to New York that past weekend, made great money. We did good together. I said, I hope to see you next weekend. Let's do it. He passed away that week. I talked to him Wednesday, then the night before he died. And we were going away that weekend to California. So for him to say, like normally he'd be like, you got to send me half the money. And blah, blah. he didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? All these other people, I don't understand this, man. You know what I mean? I can, I mean, I don't know if they're using, if they're getting on the phone and pretending they're somebody else and they're saying, hi, yes, I'm his agent. And this is how it goes. And I just say it point blank. If I'm going to do a podcast, you're going to fucking pay me. If you don't pay me, I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like I had guys, this one guy just kept breaking my balls about doing a podcast. And I'm like, look, everybody else pays me. You know what I mean? I, you give me $150, I'll do an hour for you. And that's fair. Everybody, you know, when we got shut down, we, we lost all our work, you know, so we had no way of making money. So we, 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 used, we used to do podcasts for free. That shit's over. When the pandemic hit, I had to make money. I mean, if I get three podcasts a week, that's a hundred. That's like four fifty a week. That's not bad for just sitting here and talking, you know. Yeah, I remember the first time, and it was, and I hate to single them out, but like, and you can see the interviews on the YouTube channel. But usually, it'd be like, 
because I was doing a lot of actors and that. I'd be like, hey, I, you got a movie coming out. You know, how would you like to do an interview with me? We'll promote it. We'll advertise. Fine. You know, no problem. Eye contact. I hate, I hate to put somebody at Shane Douglas. And I had his email and I emailed him. I said, Shane, I said, I, you know, I, I know you had that pro wrestlers versus zombies. I was like, I, 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 I put them over in the emails. Like, oh, I, I always liked you, you franchise. I'd like just 20 minutes of your time. You can plug whatever you want. Here's how many people I reach, yada, yada. The response I got was, this is the phone number of so-and-so. He handles all my booking. Didn't even, I didn't even bother. It was like, why the, just say yes, say no. I don't get it. I mean, if it's one of the boys, like I said, if it's one of, if it's me, I would never fuck you over. You're going to, you'd get your money regardless if you, if we did it or we didn't do it. I had you lined up for it regardless. It just, it just irks me, man. It irks me because I mean, a couple people, Shane's one of them. Shane could have made that 750 in California. Didn't do it. I had to talk to his agent. I like how Raven and and I, I hope he doesn't get mad. Not that he's going to listen to this anyway. He'll t- and Raven was cool. And Raven was very cool to me. He didn't charge me ten cents to talk to me. Raven, but he'll yeah. say you got to email my office, and it's him that's responding to all the emails. But it's like you got to email the office and find out because I know some guy was like, "Hey, you interviewed Raven. How can I interview him?" I was like, "Well, this is his email. You know, this is his. He gives it out. You know, I wasn't giving out his phone number. It's like this is his email. It's like." Man, he told me an interview for two hours was five thousand dollars, and I'm like, that—that's his nice way of telling you he doesn't want anything to do with you. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's gonna fucking pay that kind of money. True that, man. True that. But no, Raven was cool. He talked to me while he was taking his dog to the vet. He was—I no—I don't have a bad thing to say about him. He was a class. I like I said, me and my—we would hang every day. When we were in ECW, it was our little clique in Philly. It would be me, my partner, Sandman, uh, Raven, a couple other guys. And we would get up, go to the gym, go eat lunch, and then we would see each other later on that night at a bar or a strip joint or something. We were always hanging out. You know, then come Friday, Saturday, we were working. You know, we would be at the arena or we'd be jumping on a plane somewhere. You know, it was cool back then because we had a, a group of guys coming out of Philly. It was awesome. You know what I mean? So we would never be traveling alone. It was like, yo, man, can I jump into Sam and Van this weekend? And I feel like driving. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? It was cool. Nowadays, I hate traveling by myself, man. It sucks. It does. It blows, man. Francine and I, Francine, I don't know her, but any conversation I've had with her via social media, she's always been nice. But when we, when I asked you about when Rick Rude, you know, when, when he, uh, what he did to her and all that, I wanted to actually on Twitter and, and I'm nice. I wanted to say Francine and, you know, I wanted to use her name in the tweet. So I sent it a simple tweet to her. I said, can you, cause I didn't want to do it in public. Said, can you send me a DM? I'd really like to ask you a question. I don't do the DMs. You can contact. It was like, fuck, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to call somebody and ask them about you to do that. Fuck it. Francine tells you what she thought of Rick. You know, I just did it. You know, it's like, fuck, I'm not going to ask. I don't think she, for you. she didn't approve of what Rick did. <laughs> no, she did not. And you know, and I got to give her credit. Uh, that was like one of the highest episodes we ever did. because she retweeted it. So I thank her for that. But I didn't agree with what Rick Rude did either. I thought, you yeah, know, she, that was yeah, out of line. Was, she was pissed off, but she she didn't say nothing. 
No, like she said, he was the veteran. She kept her mouth shut, which I mean, it don't make it right, but uh, no, it, it absolutely doesn't. But it, still, it, um, when he did that, though, he got a pop. The place went crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and I have a feeling if he would have asked her, she probably would have said it was okay. He should have asked. Yeah, but I think if you do that, you lose the surprise effect. You know what I mean? Like the, her facial expression wouldn't have been the same. No. That would, <laughs> that would, you know what I mean? It would have been totally different if it was planned out. I mean, it was. I, I like it better when it was on the cuff, you know. I remember when he spanked her, he was whacking her ass hard. Yeah. And that's one guy I would not have fucked with. And he was just, a, he was an arm wrestler. He wasn't a champion. You know, some bodybuilder. I just, I wouldn't have fucked with him. He was an arm, the heavyweight arm wrestling champion of the world. People don't realize how fucking brother had some arms, man. Some power. Fucking nice abs I've ever seen for a wrestler. Forearms. But he was the nicest guy ever, dude. I mean, he'd go on vacations. He would not only take his wife and his family, he would take his whole wife's family. Because he really didn't have too many people in his family. His side, you know. So he would always he would tell me they would go on the uh, what was that that, that jet back in the day the Concorde he would Concord. take he would take the Concorde to Europe and bring his whole family and his mother-in-law and their side that's what he would that's what Rick Rude would do that's how nice he was so maybe he was at my house the whole time he was in ECW him and Steve Austin would always hang at my place in South Philly. Uh, Steve McMichael, every, most of the guys that would come in would always hang in my place because I was like 10 blocks from the arena. It was perfect, you know? I remember when Rude came and he had the, the helmet on or whatever. It's Because that voice, I mean, that's where the building popped. You, that voice was too unmistakable, but... Uh, you can't deny it was him. No, and I, I like that. You know, it's, I'm here to fuck with the franchise. That put Shane over pretty damn good. Got me. He got me over, too. He announced me coming back after I broke my neck when Shane was in the ring. I mean, the roof came off that building that night, bro. I don't care what anybody says. You watch it. You could, you could hear it. You could see it. It was crazy. I was a Shane Mark. I have no, I have no shame admitting it. Only in ECW. I, I was not a Mark from anywhere else he went. ECW, I was a Mark for him. That guy could talk. I don't know if somebody was helping him or not no, over there, but he no, could talk. He, he has the natural gift to gab. He could cut fucking awesome promos. I gotta put him. I gotta give him that. You know, he could cut promos like it's no tomorrow. WCW's promos were trash. I don't know if it's time restraints or what, but they probably were giving him some ideas how to say it, and where an ECW was like, okay, we just need this to get through. You could do whatever else you want. Say whatever else you want. You know what I mean? He knows, like I said, people think they know how to do promos, but some people, they think they know, but they don't. So I was always taught, if you're a baby face, you know, you, regardless who you are or who you're working, you always got to put that person over. Because when you beat him, if you said he was a bum, you just beat a bum. If you said, hey, this guy's, an all-star fighter, an all-star wrestler, and you beat him, at least you beat that guy. You see what I'm saying? 
So you never talk bad about your opponent. Put them over as much as you can. So then if you do go over, it means more. I did like when Austin, when they had him fight Bret Hart the very first time when they were programming it in Austin's promo, he was like, only person you could beat is that wrinkled up old man of yours in his basement. I, I, I did like, I thought that was, I thought that, that was mean, really that good. Man could stretch the shit out of everybody. So I don't care what anybody says. Him in his prime, I don't, I don't know, man. I would be very, very, I wouldn't go in that dungeon. I heard screams from that dungeon. But they say, I, uh, they said, I guess Brett in his book, which Brett's book was very good. He, he did say that Stu Hart really did like that, that Austin mentioned him. He thought it was real neat. You know, he liked to be. I was there. The guy, but I was at the house hanging out with Owen and I heard the screams. Because I looked at him, I go, what the hell is that? Oh, that's my old man, Pop. Fucking stretching somebody. Want to go down? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> I'm like, no fucking way. That's all I need. I said, no, no, no. I'm okay. No, that was uh... Austin. I and I like that because that came so natural that he was such a rotten bad guy that come three or four months into that feud, I was the same. You're cheering for him. Fuck Bret Hart. I hate this guy. You're. That's why they had to flip him into a into a face. He was just so well, good. Well, he was still a heel and he was over it. Oh yeah, I I rooted for him way more than anybody else. He was, but he's also the first guy on national TV. I'm whoop your ass, some bitch, and all that. He had and he was laying everybody out. It was the attitude error, bro. He when he when he like I said, I mean, even that night at the one night stand, I was hanging out with him, you know. And, and Vince was like, "All right, ACW guys, line up." Uh, Pitbull, get up front. You're going out first. I was at that point so aggravated and annoyed. I looked at him like, he's like, fuck them. Sit down. Go out last. I did. Which I, I mean, I'm not lying to you. I totally screwed myself because I would have been the first ECW guy come out of that curtain. And I would have been right on television. Which I was already doing that promo for the guys that passed away anyway. But I was already aggravated because of that. You know, I wanted to work that night. I was ready to work. I was in shape. I was ready to work. And they wanted me to do a promo instead. And then they wanted me to come out first. And I just said, screw it. I came out last. Now, did you do the other show that Shane did, the hardcore homecoming? Yeah, I came out. All I did was a run-in on a Cactus Jack's match. And I brought out the barbed wire baseball bat for him. That was That's all they wanted me to do. Because it seemed like he kind of took a lot of people that weren't on the one night stand, like he got the Raven in the or Douglas, of course, himself. It seemed like he took a lot of people that weren't on that. Me and Shane actually on that whole tour, we were pretty much going against each other in dog collar matches, you know, because we ended up in Pittsburgh and he was over. Like I was over everywhere else in Pittsburgh, he was the face and I was the heel. And we had a great match. Uh, we were outside the ring. I don't know if I've ever told you this. And some lady, I called her a, a fat witch. And she got so pissed off. And I, because I turned away, when I turned back and looked at her, man, she whacked me across the face with an open hand. And, you know, of course, I'm going to sell it because she hit me in front of everybody. The whole thing was packed. She hit me. I, I was backing up and I'm thinking to myself, this fucking bitch. 
Like, who is this bitch? And their shame, I didn't realize he was on the ground behind me. I fell over him. As I'm falling, I could hear him and Francine laughing their asses off. And I'm in the mid, I'm like flipping out because <laughs> I want to know who this bitch is that hit me. And I want her to get the fucking thrown the fuck out. <laughs> I was mad. We're fucking around, you know, through the match and we finished the match and I go in the back and I'm like, did, you, did they throw that chick out? And Shane comes in and he's like this. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? He's like, man, that lady that hit you used to be my babysitter. I was like, you son of a bitch. You put her out there on purpose to hit me? I said, I know you did it. I know you did, you son of a bitch. And of course he did. But it was good. The whole fucking stadium, the whole place was chanting, she's hardcore because she knocked me on my ass. I had to sell it, you know what I mean? But I was I was still pissed because, I mean, she got me good, dude. I mean, she nailed me. And she didn't hold back either. She hit me hard. Why was, did that, he, that's what got me. That, so that, that's what surprised me. Why know? did he quit doing those shows? They were, I mean, they were selling. They were selling out. They were getting sold out on DVDs. I don't, why did he quit doing it? Just It was the other people that were backing them. They, they were like, I guess they were tired of losing money. I don't know. You know, I mean, this is when Johnny Grunge was still alive. You know, because they had put me with him and it was, uh, it was insane. That's when New Jack had heat with the Dudley boys. We were in Ohio at the building and here comes New Jack in his pickup truck flying like 90 miles an hour right to the front door because the big garage door was open, nearly went in the building got out of the truck, got in the back of the truck, pulled out a chainsaw, lit it, went inside. Where's the fucking Dudley? He said, I was dying. I was like, this is great. This is better than a movie, I said. Were they afraid of him? I think they were. Yeah, fucking chainsaw. Well, yeah, that's... (laughs) Bubba probably could handle himself, wasn't he? Or did he just have a big mouth? He was a good-sized guy. I think back then he didn't really know. I think now he's a pretty tough guy. I think he has the balls now. Back then, I don't think he has the balls. And like I said, New Jack had a chainsaw. Yeah, that's going to be a... You know what I mean? He'll cut you up. (laughs) He'll cut you up, man. So, yeah. And then they they straightened that out real quick. I mean, there was nothing, you know, nothing going on. Then I was upstairs, I remember, and I'm just looking down. I'm getting dressed and you know, I'm not even looking up. Rhino was near me. He was like across from me. Next thing I know, I look up and there's Bubba and Diva. And I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, they're like, hey, what's up, Gareth? I'm like, okay, what's up? You know, like, why are you here? Like, what's the problem? They thought I was pissed off at them. And I'm like, no, why would I be pissed off? Well, we used your finish a couple of times. I go, no, that's because Cornette told you to use my finish a couple of times. When I went there, Cornette told me not to use my finish. So I knew Cornette had something in mind. So I said, dude, that's no big deal. I don't give a fuck. I could care less. You know how many people steal people's moves? When you did it, everybody knew it was called the super bomb. They knew we did it. It's our move. Thank you for doing it. I care less. Uh, We just wanted to make sure. I said, no, I got no problem with me. See, they knew I, they knew to be afraid of me because I don't care. That's what it comes down to. You know, people don't care. 
I don't care what 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 what's going to happen after. They're the people you got to worry about. You know, I don't care what happens. What 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 actions I do to you. Whatever is going to happen later, do you think I give a shit? No, I don't care. And like I said, third of guys, you better be worried about because I have nothing to lose. And I think that may be the reason why. But who knows? <laughs> See, I like I said, I like now Shane's little thing. I liked when Dreamer did that House of Hardcore. I remember I watched, I bought the disc of the first one, and I was like, okay, this kind of reminds me ECW. Got the second one. I was like, okay, this is his ECW. And I never watched it again. Plus he started, I mean, if you're going to do that, book the ECW guys. I mean, he was booking people that was like, what the fuck is it? It just. Yeah, it was. And it really didn't have everything to do with him either. You know, he had another guy. uh, Trying to think of his name. Jerry Morash or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. He was part of that too. So he was doing a lot of the. uh, I think he had part of the booking, you know, because I remember that's when they wanted me to do that zombie movie. And, you know, I was like, yeah, well, whatever. Give me a call. Um, thank God I didn't do it. Yeah, but yeah, but Shane cutting a promo on Vince and Todd Gordon, though, in the movie was. That's stupid. That I, was I, great. I, 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 well, I didn't watch the movie. I mean, I oh, it's it. trash. It's garbage. I have so it's bad garbage. that I couldn't watch it. And. I didn't, I never saw that part. I had no idea. That was the only part that I liked because you could tell it was the only part that was good acting. And I say that because Shane's acting was not good. No offense, Shane. But when he said, there's like, why would you do that? It was Vince McMahon did this to me and Todd Gore. And you could tell he's cutting a promo like it wasn't written for him. So it's like, okay, I don't know why the fuck this is in a movie, but uh, this is pretty. That's, that's what Shane does. That sometimes I don't think he realizes. He goes over. He goes so overboard. He don't realize what he's doing. I'm the franchise. Todd Gordon couldn't handle me. And Todd, it's like fuck. Todd Gordon made you who you were. I'll give you an example. Yeah, see, I'll give you an example with Shane, and this is how I dealt with him when they're doing a documentary on the the, the, the true story of the pit bulls, and we had to get a. I had to get a somewhat conversation or discussion with Shane. I had to get that because my neck was broke with our ankle. So I did it. I just walked up to him and said, yeah, can I talk to you for a second? Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions and my boy's going to video it. Didn't give him a chance to even think about what we were saying. But I told him straight up, I said, look, you know, when you, when you hit me with that move, I hit it the wrong way. I took the bump the wrong way. I broke my neck. It was my fault. It wasn't your fault. I want to make sure you understand that. I saw it. I watched it. I played it back. I played it back when you gave Anthony the move. He took it right. I took it wrong. I took it like a DDT, and I should have took like a face bump. I, I fucked up. He was in shock. Like he did never thought that would come out of my mouth, me admitting that I messed up, which I can do anytime. I have no problem with that. And I caught him off guard. And the guys videoing this for this documentary we're doing. So I got Shane to talk and he put about 20, 20, 30 minutes in, you know, and but I got him when he was not expecting it. And that and it worked out perfect. Because he was in shock that I admitted that I took the wrong phone. 
Because back in the day, you know, we, I would always tell it was his fault. But no, it was my fault. I took the wrong bump. Yeah, he was always... The only thing I didn't like is when he would... Dick Flair. Fuck the... It's like, dude, I, I, either you really hate this guy or you want to work and angle with him. I think it's more so the latter... Flair didn't. I remember somebody asked Flair in a shoot years later, like, you know what about me? He's like, who the fuck is? He's like, he's a clerk at a Kmart. Who the yeah. fuck is he? Yeah, I was. I when I heard Flair say that, I was just wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if he had a problem with Rick or. I never got into that with him. I never. I should just ask him. I never thought of asking him. I, just, I think it was more of a work kind of like I'm going to show you I'm the franchise, fuck him and all that. But uh, you yeah, can't touch Ric Flair in his promos. You no, you, you can't. And you I know, remember he's, he's placed his his promos are real. I mean, whatever he did the night before, he's going to tell you today. You can't dispute it. <laughs> I remember when he was he's like, "Ooh, he's a fucking clerk at a Kmart. He couldn't lace my boot." And you could tell he was like not cutting the promo. He was like legitimately, was "Who the fuck is he?" You know, because and he would all, like I said, Shane would always talk shit on him. So that was crazy. Yeah, I guess that's one match he never had that I thought he wanted. Maybe he did. They they fought in WCW. Did they? When Russo was booking, it was it was garbage. Shane Flair did the job for him. Really, I think it might have been a fuck finish, but I can't remember. It was, it was by that, but it was so terrible. And because Vince Russo, the way he booked everything was, if you weren't reading the sheets or the internet, he had no idea what was going. People, that's that's not the average fan. That's a two percent fan. It's like me as a comic collector. Comic mm-hmm. collectors are two percent of the comic book movie crowd. It's it, it's not. Well, I remember everybody would get the sheets and the papers and all that stuff. I never liked him. Why do I? Never why, got I never, why would I want to? What do I care who you're dating? I don't. Then, then they would give you the top uh, PWI top 500. Yeah. I mean, listen, I know a person who did that job. Okay, who was a worker who never made it anywhere, but he he did bring up a lot of guys that did make it somewhere, and. He just sits there, and if he don't like you, you're not even on the top five. Yeah. Or if he loves you, you'll be in the top ten. You know what I mean? But it, he takes it. He don't go by wrestling skill. He goes by personal, how he feels about you. So It's like those after mags back in the day. You know, yeah, they were- I don't care. I mean, we were ranked, me and Anthony were at one time 77 and 80 or something like that. I don't care. Don't mean nothing. I'm not getting paid for being in the top 10. I'm not getting paid to be in the top 25. If it was something like that, it'd be a different story. And then that moron wouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? So. Nah, my, and my thing too is like, when everybody's like, oh, I remember we went to a WCW house show and there's a guy in the bathroom at intermission. He's got the sheet. Okay, this is, this, they did the same show last week. This is what's like, fuck dude, when you buy a ticket, you want to read how the movie ends before you see it? Fucking watch the show and enjoy it. That's a typical smart mark who wants people to think he's more intelligent or or he's a guy who is planning on getting into our business so he wants to learn. I mean, there's so many guys, bro, that were that used to hang around ECW that are now doing their own promotions, doing their own shit, and they dress and look just like fucking Paul Heyman. It's crazy. 
Hat guy manages somebody at an indie up there. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. He's in the business now. He went from a fan to now he's in the ring. And he's a hat guy. He, I think he goes by hat he's guy. Hat guy. Yeah, hat guy. My he's son knows guy. him, though. My son knows hat guy, sign guy, old guy, hair guy. My son knows all the people. That goes to show you how good ECW was and how not, we weren't stubborn or we weren't, uh, selfish no i don't mind making a fan a fucking super fan the fans had fans who cares we had fans that had fans yes great oh my son will even look and my son was ecw was the shirt guy we had the shirt guy you'd always wear the hawaiian shirts and the hair guy that looked like from faith no more with the sunglasses sign guy ended up going with the dudleys and being with the group with the dudleys it's okay so don't say see at least ecw gave the fans a chance to either make it in the business or be a part of the show somehow and then you'd wonder like dreadlock guy when he disappeared is like Where's dreadlock guy? You know, and so jail. you find yourself and googling it in jail. The internet, he's, he's jail. <laughs> somebody said Raven fucked his girlfriend, and it humiliated him, and all that. You know, it's like Jesus. I can see that though. For some, I would always see uh, dreadlock guy on South Street walking around all the time. You know what I mean? And he would see us and go crazy because we'd walk around in Philly. We we were acting like we were normal, you know, just normal people, man, in the city. We didn't. We didn't walk around with big heads thinking, oh, we're at ECW. We just went to the gym, went to eat just like everybody else. If they noticed us, we'd say hi to them. If they didn't notice us, you know, then we didn't care. You know what I mean? But if they they are real fans, it was okay because at the time we were with Raven anyway and his little flock, the pit bulls. So it was okay to be seen with him all over Philadelphia. You know, I remember one time we were riding bikes. We got into the bike thing. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a safe idea in the city. And wouldn't you know it, I get hit by the car on my bike. You know what I mean? My rims like bent like this. I couldn't even ride my bike home. I was so pissed off. And this is like 22 blocks away from where we're going to go eat. <laughs> but we didn't care. We, like I said, we had a great time in ECW. I could never say... I didn't have, even though I broke my neck, almost died. I can't, I still can't, I guess I still have to say it was the best time of my life. So. I remember all the fans, you know, and then the hair guy, dude, we would see at WWE pay-per-views and he, cause he always had the sunglasses. Like I wear any of the big faith on where hair was like hair guy, but even WWE, there was always a guy that would it, he dress just like Hogan. He had long blonde hair. He had the mustache Hulkamania shirt. When Hulk went to WCW, Sure enough, there this guy's in the crowd. You know, holding him a hug at once. He goes show. around and does fucking autograph signings, bro. I mean, Isn't he, I think he's Randy Hogan or something like that. He calls himself, but he does autographs. Like people bring, like people bring him in to sign autograph signings. Hey, I'm just like holy shit, he's not how, really Hulk Hogan, dude. <laughs> how come at the uh, those icons that you do? Why don't they ever get Hat Guy there? I'm sure he gets some some people to meet him. I think that guy would probably do great. <laughs> I mean, you, you know him. I think you'd make money with that guy. I and I remember when 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 Public Enemy were the and he was like a, the the bar like when Public Enemy were the were the heels they would take off his hat and they'd beat him with it and then when they became faces 
Rocco would take the hat off and and, and he would dance with that it. That was the hat guy. It was like the hat guy set the tone for baby face and heels. It was great. It was, I remember I would just point in that direction just to give them their props, get them over, and they love it. You know, I I would throw guys in their laps, and they loved it. You know, they didn't care. They wanted to be part of it. Yeah. They that's one thing that we ECW guys did was we brought the fans out of the crowd into the into the into the storyline. That's what we did. Remember the one the kid he was there was something wrong with him. He was off. I don't know what I'm not trying to be right. I can't remember. But he had a leg, he had the arm braces to walk. The cactus would always take it from that kid and hit somebody with it. They always give him back a dented bucket. Right, but the oh, kid yeah, loved yeah. the cactus. Even said he gave him a ride to a show once, and the kid was crying when cactus did his last match, hugging him and all. But yeah, I mean, think of that though. Every you're t- always taking this kid's crutch and you're hitting somebody. That's a dream well, come we, true. You gotta understand. We had we had some crazy fans. I mean, I had a fan once called somebody and said they wanted to meet the pit bulls at their house, <laughs> and I'm like. The girl, the girl called me up and said, listen, I got a booking for you. This guy, he lives up in Pennsylvania. He wants you guys to come to his house. I'm like, well, how long is it going to take? <laughs> so I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, all right. Uh, he had to give us $1,400 for the tag. And he paid it. And we went there. And you know what, what happened when I got there? You know why he wanted us there? He wanted us to talk, convince his girlfriend to take him back. Okay, that's how crazy some of these fans are. They paid us $1,400 to drive an hour and a half, go to this kid's house, introduce ourselves, say hello, talk to the girlfriend, which we could have banged <laughs> if we wanted to. And that would have really killed the guy would have hung himself then. So, you know, we were just like, you know, why don't you give them a second chance? And we're looking at each other like, are we really doing this? And we did it, but I'm not going to turn down $750 (laughs) for a quick hour and a half. Well, didn't uh, J.T. Smith and Richards, they worked at Todd Gordon's pawn shop, didn't they? Yes. uh, J.T. would work downstairs where the jewelry business was, and then... Meany and Stevie Richards, I think, we'll start off with Stevie. He would work upstairs. That's where our Tri-State Wrestling Alliance office was. That's where Eastern Championship Wrestling office was, there. Stevie answered the phone, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, you know, uh, Stevie's one of the originals like I am. You know, I just never worked for Todd in the office. I would just work on his shows, you know, and Joel Goodhart shows. We were we were very green, you know, but they pushed us hard in Tri-State. I mean, we had the belts a couple of times. Us and the Super Destroyers were always fighting for the belts. But nobody wants to talk about that. They just want to talk about Extreme. Dude, there was Tri-State, Eastern, then Extreme. It's all the same company. So don't say we had the belts twice. We had the belts, I can't tell you how many times we have the belts now. If you want to go back all the way to that point, you know. Back then, that's when I first met Abdul the Butcher and, and Ric Flair. First time ever in a locker room with those guys. And, and, they, and they're telling me and Anthony are getting ready to go out and work with Abby during that match because Abby was putting a blade on every finger and he was going to cut everybody up. And I remember Ric Flair was like, no, nah, 
you two ain't going in there. And I'm like, okay, you, you're Ric Flair. I'm going to listen to you. He said, hold my jewelry. And then Abby gave us all his jewelry. Rolex watches, diamonds. These guys were bringing in bank, bro. They were making a lot of fucking money. And we just sat in the back. And thank God we didn't go in there because they he cut everybody up. You know, and AIDS was, you, know, you can't be, I couldn't do it, man. And I'm so glad that Ric Flair told us not to do it. You know, and that's when we asked the first time we met Flair and Abby, and we, we were friends ever since. So, Abby's uh, still alive, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I ran into Ric Flair later on in North Carolina, in Charlotte, at the gym, and he was just like, "I know you, fucking guy, you're still good." He was like, "I'm so happy." He's like, "Remember, I'm gonna give you some more advice. Live." Because we're, we're living in Charlotte now. So he's like, live your gimmick. And I'm like, okay. Not knowing that means when you see me out, boys, you hang out with me and drink all night with me. That's what it meant. <laughs> so we'd, go to, we'd go to bars and clubs in Charlotte and Flair would be there and he, he don't want to go home, bro. And he had a beautiful house. Beautiful family. Beautiful, beautiful wife at the time. Everything, bro. Life. Everything. He didn't want to go home. He just didn't. He just did not want to be home. I don't. I don't. Don't get it. Because I, I stayed. I, we'd go to his house, and he would be on the edge of his seat. And I'm like, "Can't you relax, bro? He's like, relax, chill. I gotta get the fuck out. <laughs> I want to go wrestle. And that's how he was. I mean, I, we would leave him at, at bars. I would tell him. I, was, I would say, uh, "Rick, I'm sorry, bro, but I gotta get at least six hours sleep." I know we're young and we could be up for a fucking week if we wanted to, but I didn't want to fuck. I didn't want to get hurt in the ring or something that next day, you know. So I had to get my sleep. So we would have to leave him a couple times, but he understood. Yeah, Fonzie used to always say he's like, you'd be four in the morning, he'd still be drinking, then you'd see him at six, just woo at the gym on the stairmen. Like, didn't know nobody knew how he did it. Dude, I would go to the gym sometimes scratching my head. I'm like, didn't we just leave him at that bar? Did he come right from the bar to the gym? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> and he always, when he was young, he looked great. He was in always, he was always a big, big dude. Uh, when he got in that plane crash, is that's when he realized, I got to lose weight. And that's when he got his conditioning up. And then that's when he would do an hour a night. He would wrestle a fucking hour. And, that, and he, he, Listen, he earned his spot. Yeah. I don't care what anybody's saying. He fucking, if you're going to wrestle an hour, an hour straight, that's not easy to do. You know, and some of those matches, it was like when he fight Dusty for an hour. That was Ric Flair fighting for, you know, fighting a, a bumping like a maniac. Yeah, like crazy. Rose looked like a superstar. I mean, I wrestled a lagger in Japan 45 minutes. And I did that at least four or five times on that one three-week tour. I thought it was a joke when I first saw it on the board. I'm like, 45 minutes, no fucking way. They looked at me and were like, we, we, why are you laughing? I'm like, well, it says 45 minutes, and I know that ain't true. And they're like, we'll have you do an hour if we want. I was like, oh, shit, they're, they're not fucking around. So I'd go out there and do 45 minutes. Thank God I was prepared for that. Because we really knew going to Japan, we had to be in shape. So that was a number one thing that me and my partner did was get in shape for that Japan tour. 
And thank God we were ready because we would have been, we would have, they would have sent us home. You know, if you can't keep up with those guys, they'll send you home. You know, unless you're that big and that strong, that don't matter, you know. I'm ready to go. I go 45 minutes. I'll bump. I'll bump for 40. I'll bump. If somebody wants to book me, I'll bump for him for 45 minutes. You throw me around like a sag of dirt. I hear you. Since we're talking about going, I think it's time to go. I got some, I got some major playoff football games. Oh, yeah. Teams to watch today. Well, I guess with that, we will just be back next week. We'll be back next week, people. So if you want to come out and hang out and listen to us talk bullshit, that's what we do.